The following message is from Westway Christian Church in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. If you'd like to know more about us, go to westwaychurch.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, moms, for all the things that you don't say and all the things that you do. Um, I'm going to ask some moms to come on up with their graduating seniors and fathers as well. If you guys would come on up and join me up here on stage Um, we are celebrating our graduates today. Uh, We have graduations coming up in the next week here in Scottsbluff and Gehring, and we will be sending these guys out, and we want to send them out with our blessings. So a few years ago, we started doing this on a day like today. We will send our students out by parentally blessing them. Um, We see in Luke 3 and Luke 9, I think the best example of this happening. When Jesus was baptized, um, we see the Spirit come down on him and say, this is my son, in him I am well pleased. And I think it was so significant that Jesus' ministry did not begin until his father signified, this is my son, in him I am pleased. And then he sent him out. And then Jesus changed the world. Later on in Jesus' life, in Luke 9, Jesus took his disciples and they went out onto uh, a mountain And it says that Jesus went up and just Peter and John went with him and and they separated themselves from the rest of the disciples and something weird happened. And we can come up with all kinds of smart sounding explanations and theological explanations for what happened, but I don't know what happened other than to say something weird happened. Jesus changed in appearance right before their eyes And Peter started freaking out, and all of a sudden, here are Elijah and Moses with Jesus, and Peter's like, let's build them all tabernacles, because this is Moses and Elijah, and we've heard about them all our lives. And a voice calmed Peter down, and he said, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Above and beyond what you've heard about and heard from Moses and Elijah, listen to my son, Jesus. That was near the end for Jesus, which was the beginning for this movement that we call the church that has changed the world. And today, with these students, we want to do the same. We just want to put our hands on you guys and say, go change the world, because you can with the Spirit of God in you and his approval. So I'm gonna ask the students right now just to introduce themselves um, briefly. I told them they don't have to tell their whole life story. Most of them have no desire at all to hold the microphone and speak to you, Um, but they've been persuaded, begged, bribed, I don't know, maybe just manipulated. (laughs) You don't have a choice, just do it. So they're going to introduce themselves, and then their parents have each 
we've written letters of blessing that we want to read to our students. And the reason we do this with everybody gathered is because a few things. This is a great reminder for each of us in how we have been sent out. We all came from somewhere. And we all have our Father's blessing. And we need to make sure that we're making the most of that. But also, students, you guys need to know and remember, you have come from somewhere. And it's not just us parents and your families. It's this family that's gathered together. We all want to be a blessing to you for your lives. And so I'm going to stop yapping right now. And students, would you guys introduce yourselves? My name is Dakota Andrews, and my parents are Mike and Luann. I graduated from Scotts Bluff, and I'm going to go to University of Nebraska-Lincoln for mathematics. Uh, I'm Olivia Longmore. I'm a senior at Gearing High School. I'll be going to U, uh, the University of, Link of Nebraska at Kearney uh, to study social work. And these are my parents, Amy and Craig. I'm Logan Andrews. Uh, these are my parents, Nick and Amber Andrews. I go to Gearing High School, and I plan on going to Shattern State College and running track and cross country and studying legal studies. I'm Alexandria Thomas. This is my mom, Debbie Thomas, and that's Jeremiah Thomas. And I'm graduating from Gearing High School and don't know what college I'm going to. I'm Nathan Holloway. These are my parents, Kim and Jeff Holloway. I'm senior at Scottsbluff High School, and I'm planning on attending WNCC for the paramedic program next year. <clears throat> All right, here we go. <clears throat> I better not screw this one up. Nathan, uh, fortunately, this is not a funeral, uh, but it's also not a roast. What it is is a celebration of the successful completion of your first 18 years. Congratulations. <clears throat> wow, you've packed a lot into these first 18 years. The places you've been, the things you've accomplished, and the people you have met. We, your mother and I, look forward to the next 18 years, a time when you will have a career, new adventures, a family, and yes, kids of your own. Woo, grandchildren for us. <clears throat> However, as exciting a time as this is uh, for you as you move into the next chapter of your life, this is a bittersweet time for your mother and I. Bitter not in a bad way, but as in a sad way. We will surely miss not having you around with your sly wit and crazy sense of humor. We will miss guessing what new woodworking project you will impress us with next. We will miss not having you around to fix our sprinklers, make new sprinklers, <laughs> wire the fire alarms, fix the garage door, build the ramp, build the shelves, install the heating and air conditioning, unit on the porch, work the garden, and the list goes on. How are we going to survive without you? <clears throat> but as it's also a sweet time because we have had the joy of watching you grow and develop the gifts God has given you. Uh, we have five kids who we love, whom we love deeply, but you each have different gifts, as we all do. One of your gifts that became very evident at an early age is 
to serve. You are our Romans 12, 7 kid, which says, if your gift is serving others, which it is, then serve them well, which you do. Whether it's in the early morning hours before school, clearing snow from the many driveways around us, or whether it's pulling your friend's cars out of ditches at all hours of the day and night, or whether it's helping your siblings a lot, or whether it's <clears throat> serving here at the church, or the many hours you have spent at the Farm and Ranch Museum with the over 80 crowd in the maintenance department. <laughs> you have done it well. Or whether it's with the many trips you have been to Haiti where you have where you got your start <clears throat> mopping the floors in the operating room, you then moved to cleaning the instruments, sterilizing instruments, building benches, installing lights, and being a scrub tech, you have done it well. Or whether it's dancing with the old folks, playing soccer with the orphans, delivering meals on heels, or helping Stephanie with the Merriam Center kids at their Sunday morning church service, where worshiping Jesus, really worshiping Jesus, is taken to a whole nother level. You have done it well. You've heard me say this a lot down in Haiti, and it said I've always been impressed with those who tell me about their faith, not by what they say, but what they do. This is a paraphrase of James 2.8. Nathan, you are one of those. And my advice to you is to remember, as Keith Green points out in Matthew 25, the only difference between the sheep and the goats is between what they did and didn't do. And you have done it well. <clears throat> You've had an incredibly big heart. And we know that you will continue to serve others and to serve them well. So, as you embark on your journey to become a paramedical provider, I guess we need to do as you recently said to us when you said, Dad, I'm a peacock and you need to let me fly. <laughs> so go ahead and spread those colorful feathers and have at it. <clears throat> Nathan, you've had and will always have our blessing, but more importantly, we pray that God will continue to give you many, many more blessings. We love you, and we always be here for you. What he said. <laughs> Alexandria, your dad and I have watched you grow and mature into the woman that you are today. We have watched you emulate Proverbs 31:25 by showing strength, dignity, and grace as you have faced challenges growing up, and we pray that you will continue to do so as you face the new adventure and challenges as you continue to mature and grow. As you go on to these adventures, remember that God is with you always and that he will be your protector and strength for every situation. Cling to Joshua 1:9 that says, be, st be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Take this to heart, and do not let your fear stand in the way of your dreams. Always remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that God knit you together just the way you are for a purpose, and that you are deeply loved, not just by your dad and I, but especially by God. He knew who you are before you were born. He created your personality, your fears, your strengths, your big heart, your mind, for a purpose, and it will be your responsibility to embrace every part of you, to use it to glorify God. Seek his guidance in everything, and he will be there for you. 
Always strive to do everything that you do as if you are doing it for God, not for a boss, a friend, or a person. This way you will always strive to do your best. God has great things in store for you, and I cannot wait to see what they are. No matter what, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set up Set an example to all those around you about by your speech, your actions, your love for others, your faith, and your purity. We are so proud of you. Logan, our second-born son, the one we call Logie Bear, our child with a feisty spirit. We love you. We love you so much and find it hard to believe we are getting ready to for you to graduate high school. We are beyond proud of you and excited for what the future will bring. We wanted to share a few stories and some scripture with you today to help you remember the light that you are in our lives and also a little reminder of the one true light that will continue to guide your path, our loving God. On the day you were supposed to be born, things didn't go exactly, go exactly as planned. From the car wreck on the way to the hospital, to the news that the doctor, from the doctor that you are a baby boy. We were so sure that you are a girl, even though we had no proof. <laughs> you haven't stopped surprising us with everything you do. We've seen you grow from a timid, shy kindergartner to a brave, young, intelligent man of God. We will always remember the night you called us from CIY telling us that you wanted to be baptized. The joy you were feeling was evident in your voice and the love you have for Jesus was wanting to sh and wanting to share him with others has always been something that drives you. We want to encourage you to keep that same passion and love for Jesus in your heart always and especially as you start this next chapter of your life. A verse that comes to minds, to our minds, that we want to share with you is 2 Timothy 1.17. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We have, you have always been afraid, you have never been afraid to try new things when you do something. You give everything you've got into it. We have seen this with your running, joining the speech team, and with your academic excellence. All, the, all of these things on this list are, amaz are amazing and a part of you. But you are the best but one of the best qualifiers qualities we see in you is that you have you give all of it to God. You are never afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Keep this the focus of your life through as your life continues to make you a disciple of Christ. Always have your relationship with him the most important relationship in your life. We know that because of your determination and strong will which we sometimes argue about, that you will do great things in this life of yours. The path that you have chosen to take is not always going to be easy, but always remember to lean on God during every step, not just the hard steps. As you start school in the fall and your schedule fills up with running and homework, reading and all the things alike, always know that we will be in the stands as your number one fans and we will only be a phone call away for a family chat. And most importantly, we will always be praying for you and loving you each and every day. Remember these things, love God and love others. Life can definitely get tough at times, but God will always be there for you. 
Lean on him when you are feeling overwhelmed and lean on him when you are feeling fine. Lean on him when you're worried. Lean on him to direct your path. Talk to God every day, praying for guidance and taking comfort in the love that he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 reminds us of the way that God takes, cares of, takes care of us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You have always done things the Logan way. You're never afraid to stand out. With your witty personality, continue to live that Logan life. Stand out, be different, act in such a way that others wonder what is different about you, and then continue to use the opportunity to share with them about Jesus. As this chapter ends and a new chapter begins, we're definitely feeling all the feels. Sad, happy, excited, proud, and amazed at you. Things that we will miss are, there are a lot of things that we will miss. We will miss listening to rap music with you in the early mornings. We'll miss sitting at track meets all day. We'll miss feeding all of your friends at lunchtime every day of the school week. We'll even miss stomping on the upstairs floor to get you to hurry in the shower downstairs. We love you so much, and we're excited to watch you in the future make all of your dreams come true. We love you, Logie Bear. Our blessing to you, Olivia, is much short and sweet, just like you. <laughs> we look at you today, and we see before us our child, our joy, our blessing. And so now, as you near your high school graduation and prepare to send off send you off to spread your wings, we do so not with tears of sadness, but with tears of joy and awe. Wow, it's been a thrilling ride watching you grow. <laughs> you've taken us so many places. You've taken us to Germany with you in spirit, and you've taken us to speech. You've taken us to mock trial. You've taken us everywhere with you. And, but most importantly, we know that you took in God with you the whole time. We loved watching you grow physically, grow mentally, but best of all, grow spiritually. Our biggest wish for you when you were born was to live a life of beauty and walk with the Lord. And my, have you ever. Every step you take, every fiber of your being emanates the grace of God. Never forget that grace, that beauty, and that love. Challenges will inevitably be there along your journey, but we know your heart and faith in God will get you through, just as it has gotten you through each challenge and heartbreak thus far. You are amazing and so kind and loving. Keep that always. You are and always will be our little firecracker, full of strength and might. We cannot wait to see what fantastic things await you in the phase of your next journey. We have no doubt that you will listen to what God places on your heart and you through him will make the world a beautiful place for those fortunate enough to cross paths with you. We love you. Mom and dad. So Logan's not the only bear, <laughs> or Dak, as it's become lately.
Dear Dakota, when you were about five, I wrote you a note to file away for later. It said, I love you, son. You will no doubt challenge me to be a better man so that I can help you become one too. I pray that my footsteps are worth following. And on that day when you realize that you're just like me, I hope you can be proud of that. Love, Daddy. You've come a long way since then. You don't call me Daddy anymore. And I, while I wouldn't say that you're just like me, I hope you see some similarities you can be proud of. I know that we do. You have certainly challenged us to grow as parents, and we've tried to shape you and lead you well to make the most of the abilities God has given you for the sake of his kingdom. From the way you carefully took your very first steps and taught yourself to walk when no one was watching, to the way you tackle seemingly impossible math problems, to the way you break down an opposing set of backs to create a scoring opportunity, usually for someone else even. We have seen that God has made you deliberate. Your capacity to carefully analyze and scheme a solution has amazed us over and over. And we can't wait to see what God will do with that as you continue to submit your life to him and follow his lead. Let him use that, son. Don't be afraid to let people into your process and see your mistakes, for it is there that God meets us with his grace. And don't forget to share that grace with others as well. Draw them near to God in friendship with you, Dakota. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. May all three of these attributes of his spirit be on full display in your life. We are grateful he's trusted us with you. We love you. We are for you. Love mom and dad. Now, graduates, it is customary before you leave, you have to hug your parents. And then you guys can return to your seats. Thank you, parents and students. And Westway, thank you. Thank you for being an environment that incubates incredible people. We have some amazing students that have graduated here every year. Every year we see these students come up here and, and stand here and we talk about the great things that we've seen God do in their lives. We, we talk about the way they've grown and we talk about the way that they have obeyed God and how God has used that. And so today, yet again, here we are talking about another group of students who has followed the lead of Jesus, who has allowed God to work in their lives to put his kingdom on display right here in our valley and wherever they've gone throughout the world. It's because our students have learned what Paul taught to the church in Corinth. And if you wanna follow along on the, the Bible app event page, this is there. 
if, if you don't have that open or if our Wi-Fi has failed again. Uh, we're working on it. I think it's almost better. <laughs> and when it's done being almost, it will be good. Um, but we have these other things that are made out of paper. And if you want to open the paper copy that you might have um, to 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to read a few verses there before we jump back to the book of 1 Samuel. So Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. This means, in verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The early church in Corinth and elsewhere, because they shared these letters widely, they took these words to heart. And they overcame incredible resistance and put the kingdom of God on full display for all the world to see. And they changed that world. As the cultures in which the Christians lived saw a different way of living, many pieces of those cultures bent toward Jesus' way of living because it's better. And I know it's, it's wrong in our culture to say one thing is better than another, especially when you're talking about any kind of cultural values. But the truth is that our world is desperately in need of a way of life that doesn't end in selfishness and brutality that doesn't end in broken lives all around us. Our world is in need of the way of Jesus. And we have been sent as his ambassadors to show that way. As his emissaries living and loving in the way of our king, the early church and the church today can bring about new cultural values that make this world a better place to live in. And I know that this world is temporary. I know that ultimately we have a kingdom in heaven that we will inherit that is far superior to anything that we are going to create. But when Paul talks about God reconciling all things to himself, that includes those temporary things. If you remember, even in the Garden of Eden, 
Everything was perfect in this physical space where Adam and Eve dwelt with God. And sin broke that. Sin messed that up. And sin continues to break cultures and lives all around us. But as his ambassadors, graduates, your responsibility as you go out to Shadron and Kearney and Lincoln and, and wherever else you may go after that, if you stay here for the rest of your life, your job is to be an ambassador here, there, and everywhere showing the world another kingdom, a better kingdom that leads to an eternal kingdom. So today we commission our graduates, but we are also reminded that we are each sent with the blessing of our Father. Do you know that? Wherever you work, maybe it's in a school, maybe it's in a cafeteria, maybe it's in a hospital, maybe it's in an office or a TV station, maybe you work at home, maybe you work in a church building, but wherever you find yourself spending the most of your time, could you adopt a mentality that you have been sent there with the blessing of your father in order to be a blessing to the other people around you in that space as his ambassador? It's easy to stand up here and tell you you're an ambassador. Go be an ambassador. Go show the kingdom of God. But sometimes I need to back up and I need to remember where that even starts. And so I want to read a little bit from Samuel's story. Samuel was a young boy in ancient Israel who had a very unique upbringing. His mom was unable to have children. Wrap your mind around that sentence for a minute. Through the prayers of her husband, through the prayers of herself, and through the action of God, she became pregnant and she had a son. This was a huge deal. She was a scorned woman. She was mocked by her peers. She was set aside by her culture because she didn't have children. And if she outlived her husband, she would have been destitute, impoverished, and in a world of brokenness. And God provided a son for her, an heir, someone who would care for her and provide for her in her old age. So she made a deal with God in her prayer before she became pregnant. And she actually dedicated that child to God, not in a nice, like symbolic way that we might do here where we gather people together and we pray over a baby and God, please bless this child as he grows up. It was in a very literal and guttural way. She took her baby Samuel as he was, when he was old enough. She took him to the priest, Eli, and she said, Eli, this is the son. If you remember, like last year, I was praying. You saw me crying. You thought I was crazy. I, I convinced you that I wasn't crazy. I was just praying. I was desperate. Look, God provided a child for me. He gave me my heart's desire. 
So I want you to take him and raise him in the temple, in the tabernacle. This doesn't make sense. God just gave you everything you ever wanted and you're just giving it away? You're giving him away? You are giving your son to serve the kingdom? Samuel's mother did exactly that. It seems crazy to us, but if we back up a step, we see a great picture of what God has done for us. He gave up his son so that all of us could be reconciled into a right relationship with him and that we could be turned into reconcilers and take his message of reconciliation and help people find how they can be made right with God and with each other. So back to Samuel for a second. In chapter three of 1 Samuel, it says, meanwhile, the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli. If being an ambassador starts with hearing God, there are some lessons I think that we can learn from Samuel and his interaction with Eli in this chapter that I think are huge. In order to be ambassadors, we have to hear God. In order to hear God, here are some things that we can do. The boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. The first step in Samuel's hearing God, because Samuel becomes an ambassador, if you don't know the rest of this story, but it started with hearing God. And his hearing God started with serving by assisting. Samuel was a small child. He didn't really have a choice in this matter, probably. But we get the hint that he did this willingly. Like, okay, here I'm at the temple. I just do what Eli tells me to do. Eli, what do you want me to do? How can I help you today? What do I need to do today? What if we adopted that attitude in our workplaces? I'm just here to serve. How can I help? So as Eli did this, it says, now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. That doesn't seem that different than now. I mean, if we took a poll of how many of us are regularly having visions and um, hearing specific messages from the Lord, our numbers would probably be a little bit low, I'm guessing. Now, that's not to say that God doesn't do those things. I totally believe that he does. But I also totally believe that like in Samuel's day, that's not the norm. In those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. So we get this hint. This is rare, but look what happened. The Lord calls out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. <laughs> so he did. How many times have we been woken up in the, in the, in the middle of the night? Mom, mom. Oh, just go back to bed. 
It wasn't me. I didn't call you. I didn't wake you up. This is Eli right now. I did not call you. Go back to bed. Leave me alone. I'm sleeping. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. The moms know. Like three times in one night, come on. There's nothing under your bed. Just go back to sleep. But Eli is pretty in tune with what God is maybe doing, or at least he has some inkling. And so he says, it's, Eli realized it was the Lord calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. So Samuel started out serving by assisting. He just had a servant's attitude. And then he spent some time with someone who knew the voice of God. He had a mentor in Eli who was able to teach him, this is what God sounds like. Graduates, Spend time with people who recognize the voice of God and let them teach you what he sounds like. You can find a lot of those people right in here. Spend time with God's word and let his word instruct you into what his voice sounds like. And spend time with the people of the church let them lead you in learning the voice of God. And then listen, like Samuel did. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until morning. Then he got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. And may God strike you even kill you if you hide anything from me. Man, what a choice Samuel has here. I mean, if you took that threat literally, there's not much choice, right? But Samuel has just been given incredibly bad news to deliver. And yet, he chooses to deliver it. We have been given incredible good news to deliver. Make sure we're delivering it. 
So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. And everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. That happens when you just repeat what God tells you to say, by the way. I one time had somebody ask me, like, when you preach, you just read the Bible a lot. Like, sometimes too much. And I said, well, that's because I don't want to misspeak. And as long as I'm just telling you what the Bible says, if something's wrong, it's not my fault. As long as I'm telling you what this says, you can be mad at me if you want to, but it's not my message. It's God's message. And Samuel, to his credit, even as a young boy, did exactly that. So Eli comes and, hey, Samuel, what, what did you hear? You don't want to know. Eli, I know you told me I'm supposed to listen. I listened. I heard this voice. It must, I just ate something bad. Because what I heard, it didn't make any sense at all. You don't, it does, don't worry about it. That might have been our response, right? Hopefully not. Because when God gives you a message to deliver, deliver it. All Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. And Samuel's words went out to all the people of Israel. See, if we want to be ambassadors for God, we have to learn to listen to his voice in his word, to his voice through his people, And we have to faithfully deliver the news that God has given us to share. Thank God that the news primarily that he has given us to share is that his son has made a way for every single one of us and every single other person that we know to be reconciled to him. That his son has made all things new including me and you. So let's deliver the news that God has given us to share. Father, I just pray right now as we think about graduation, as we think about sending our students off into the lives that you call them to live, God, would we continue to listen to you? Every single one of us God, I wanna ask that you continue to build an environment here that allows students to learn to hear you the way that so many have. And God, I pray that you would do that by continuing to work in all of our lives. God, may we always listen for your voice. God, would we clear the clutter from our lives so that we can hear you clearly? And then would we live by your spirit, not timidly, not in fear, 
but the spirit of love and power and self-discipline that genuinely cares about the world, that is strong enough to stand for you even when it's difficult and is willing to do the work that it takes to advance your kingdom here as it is in heaven. It's in your son's name we pray.